This episode of the 3D Insights podcast is sponsored by Indium Corporation, a premier material solutions provider to the global semiconductor e-mobility and thermal markets. Indium Corporation's product portfolio features industry-leading semiconductor fluxes such as NC809, the industry's first no-clean, flip-chip, and ball-attach ultra-low residue flux. The company is also known for its award-winning soldering materials for advanced packaging, including heterogeneous integration and assembly, and metal-based thermal interface materials for a wide variety of applications. Indium Corporation also offers unique silver sintering pastes capable of fast sintering on a variety of surfaces and die metallizations. Founded in 1934, the company has global facilities and technical support. For more information, visit www.indium.com. Hi there, I'm Francoise Von Trapp, and this is the 3D Insights Podcast. We're here at IMAPS 2022 in Boston, Massachusetts, where one of the big topics of the week has been on electronics for automotive applications. According to the International Energy Agency, road transportation accounts for about 16% of all global emissions. And electric vehicles are one of the key technologies that is being addressed to decarbonize um, road transportation. So the EIA estimates that EVs account for 13% of new cars sold in 2022. And many countries are setting goals to eliminate the combustion engine cars to reach net zero emissions by 2050. But there are a lot of challenges to iron out before EVs achieve critical mass. For example, uh, one area of interest for this week's podcast guest is the materials used to manufacture EV power modules. So this is what we're going to focus on today. And we're going to talk about some of these challenges and particularly why pressure silver centering diatach is becoming a popular approach. So joining me today from Indium Corporation are Zipei Lim and Dean Payne. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Great to have you here. Before we get started, can you each tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves and your roles at Indium? Um, Z, why don't you go first? Hi, um, I'm Zipei Lim from Indium Corporation. I'm the Senior Global Product Manager for all the semiconductors advanced assembly material, which includes uh, also sintering material and also other um, advanced um, assembly material for packaging, uh, like fluxes, soda paste, and so on. I've been with Indium for more than 15 years okay. now. Yeah. Okay, so it's a good place to work then. Yeah, Indium yeah. is a good company. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Dean, I know you're pretty new to the company, aren't you? Yes, compared to a lot of my colleagues, yes, I've been there for five years now. Okay. Yeah, so um, my role within the company is... Um, I'm a, also a product manager, um, and I take care of the power diatach materials. So the materials which sort of come under my care is the traditional high lead solders for diatach, um, high temperature lead-free materials, and also the sintering material that we'll talk a little bit about today. Okay, so let's just kind of build some context around this. So let's start by talking about how e-mobility is impacting manufacturing power modules. Right, so power modules are traditionally made up of a silicon IGPD die, which mm-hmm. is soldered to a, to a substrate, to a ceramic substrate. And what we're seeing with the requirements for EV is there's some limitations in the, in the current technologies. 
uh, because of the demands on the power module itself, the acceleration demands, the speed in which the module is going to be operating, it's generating a lot of heat. And to keep these modules cool, it takes a very sophisticated system of cooling. And all of these things add weight and complexity to the overall system, which is not ideal for, a, for an electric vehicle. Okay, but there is a shift also, right, to compound semiconductors to silicon carbide? Correct. And so the big uptake right now is silicon carbide for the dye technology. This allows footprints to be smaller um, for the same uh, power ratings. It also has higher thermal conductivity, so it can uh, get the heat out of the device much quicker. Okay, so that's addressing some of the thermal issues. Um, so, so when it comes to power modules, um, they've always been a part of the automotive electronics. But EVs have a different use for power modules. So what's different in electric vehicles? Are there more of them? How are they used in electric vehicles? So within, with electric vehicles, the power modules are going directly into the inverter assembly. And the inverter assembly itself is the main power conversion from the from the uh, DC power that's coming from the batteries. The inverter is then turning this into the AC power, which is needed to drive the motors and give you your propulsion. Okay. And so, you know, we talk about um, one of the stresses about EVs is charging and how long a charge is going to be help more efficient for. Yes. So power modules uh, help in addressing something that we've all heard of called range anxiety. Uh, that people have with electric vehicles. How long is it going to take to charge my car? How, lo how far am I going to be able to drive on one charge? And by making power modules um, more, more efficient, um, able to operate at higher temperatures, more reliable, this directly addresses the, the range anxiety issue. So with a system that is uh, more efficient, it can charge faster. Uh, because it's, it has less system losses, uh, you're going to be able to travel more, a further distance per charge. So directly addressing the, the issue of range anxiety. How have they changed how they build power modules from before to now to address those challenges? So we talked a little bit earlier about the change in the dye technology from silicon to silicon carbide. And what this does is it, is it allows um, a higher current density to flow throughout the system without any any losses or any deterioration to the performance. And it also allows for higher uh, operating temperatures. Traditionally with silicon, when operating temperatures increase, the performance of the device will drop. And that's not the case with uh, with wide band gap technologies like silicon carbide. And with the, the dye attached material, so it's changing from traditional solder to, um, to silver sintering, again, you have a much a much higher thermal and electrical uh, conductivity. Uh, you can operate at much higher current densities, and it just makes the whole system uh, more reliable, uh, more efficient, and more lightweight because you don't need the sophisticated cooling to, to dissipate the heat from the system because of the high thermal conductivities of both the dye material, uh, the dye attached material, and the substrate that it's all... It, it's on. amazing to me how just these small amounts of things that add up to really impact the overall operation of the vehicle, right? Because if a EV is more lightweight and, and um, more reliable, well, at least if it's more lightweight and more efficient, that in and of itself is going to make it go longer and go further, right? Because you're not dragging all that weight with you. So it's kind of all this perfect storm of things that you have to bring together to really, it optimizes 
Right. It's a cumulative effect of everything. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. So what is sintering? So sintering is a, a different method of bonding if you compare it side by side with solder. So if you think of solder um, bonding, what you're doing is you're melting um, a metal or an alloy of metals uh, to form a bond which then hardens as the material cools down. With sintering, you never go above the melting temperature of the metal. You're just putting enough heat energy into that metal for enough period of time for those particles to diffuse and densify and become a become a joint. And typically, the sintering material consists of either nano or micro particles, which can diffuse. Okay, so it's a different formulation than would be used for solder. Why is it better for power modules than traditional solder as a, as a die attach? Uh, th- there's a number of benefits. Uh, if, you, if you consider solder, you need to go to the melting point of, this, of the material and above it uh, to process it. But with, with sintering, the temperatures can be reduced 240, 250 degrees C. Um, and, th- and this means that there's less of a thermal budget applied to the substrate. So Overall, the system sees a lot less temperature, there's less warpage. Less mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and also the final um, connection that we have made is just silver so, or copper. Um, so it has very good thermal conductivity as well as electrical conductivity. And it doesn't melt at a very high temperature. Unlike the solda, it, it still melts at, if a typical sex solder, it right, right. melts at... 220. Okay, so this impacts the reliability, and of course with e-mobility, reliability is critical. Yes. With a, with a sintered joint, what that allows is for operating temperatures to be much higher compared to uh, solder, because as Sipe mentioned, a solder will remelt when you approach the melting temperature mm-hmm. of, of that metal. But with silver, with sintering, because you're never melting the material, the actual melting temperature of silver is 900 degrees and above. So it allows for very high operating temperatures without the risk of remelting. Okay, so on the one hand, when you're forming the bond, you don't have to heat it to its full melting temperature. You can heat it just to the point where it will form the bond. Correct. And it can withstand heat because it has to melt at a higher temperature. So it, so it kind of works on both ends is it to an advantage. Yeah, so okay. it can accommodate um, like a junction temperature that is much higher. Okay. Mm-hmm. So is this a new approach? It's not a new approach. Um, companies like Semicron, for one, they had a sintered module commercialized back in 2007. Um, but it's really the, uh, the EV inverter space now that's really blown up this, or, or that's made this approach very, very popular or very attractive. And what was it originally used for then? It was originally used for uh, very high power, very high reliability modules, which would fit into the uh, electrification traction, uh, electric train space. Let's talk a little bit about Indium's pressure sintering offering. Um, Can you tell me about it? Sure. So uh, Indium, we're bringing uh, some pressure sintering material to market. And the product name for this at the moment is called the Inforce MF, the suffix MF. Uh, stands for multi-finish, which means uh, this material can be processed on a on a, a variety of surface finishes. So uh, silver finishing, which is always the preferred finish for silver sintering, but it can also be used on gold and bare copper. Okay. And what about the pressure part of things? Is, is traditional sintering performed under pressure? Yes. So for for the 
the automotive reliability requirements, uh, pressure sintering is the preferred choice. Uh, this gives you the optimum uh, densification and uh, reliability of, of the final joint uh, to withstand the stringent automotive reliability requirements in terms of thermocycling and power cycling. Okay. Can you just walk us through the process then that you would use Enforce MF? Sure. So the the first process is actually applying the material onto the substrate before die attached. So this would be done with a typical screen printing or stencil printing process. Uh, you would then uh, pre-dry the material. So with sintering, uh, what you need to do is you need to drive the solvents out of the material uh, before you do the die attach and the pressure sintering uh, because you don't want this material to be wet when it's under pressure because it will it will squeeze out, it will it would no longer be under the dye, it would spread out everywhere. So there's a pre-dry process where you apply heat to drive the solvents out, but not too much heat that sintering begins. Uh, you then place the dye onto the pre-dried material uh, using a small amount of force and some heat. And then you go to the final step, which is the pressure sintering, where you apply uh, upwards of 10 megapascals of pressure onto the dye for around three minutes. And then this is what densifies and creates the final uh, reliable joint. And do you put it through reliability tests after that? Yes, there's a number of reliability tests. It's done from um, high temperature staging, uh, thermal shock testing, and also power cycling. Okay, so aside from silver centering materials, what does Indium have to offer for power? Um, okay, um, actually other than centering material, um, some customer is still using um, preforms that to attach the um, the package to the heatsink. Other than um, power module itself, electric vehicles, th there are a lot of electronics content. The, the semiconductor packaging that is used is just going to increase more and more. So there are a lot of advanced packaging needs. There are a lot of high reliability um, um, uh, needs on the packaging side of things. And we, Indium, we have high rail. Um, solders. We have a lot of uh, materials that is um, that can goes into the advanced packaging um, that uh, does not um, require additional cleaning after the packaging process, which uh, enhance the uh, reliability and reducing the warpage issue that we see, especially on some of the high performance chip. Like example, um, in in the heart of the EV, you have a lot of compute that you need to. Uh, be doing. So all this advanced packaging, they need a lot of materials that actually Indium um, can can provide yeah. in terms of flux and solar paste for the semiconductors. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So where can people go to learn more about this? Oh, of course, you can always uh, click on our website, www.indium.com. And how can they find you on LinkedIn? Connect if they had questions directly for either of you? Yes, I'm, I'm, we're both on LinkedIn. And okay, well, we'll find those and we'll put those in the show notes. So thanks so much for joining me today. This well, was great. Thank you very much for having us. There's lots more to come, so tune in next time to the 3D Insights Podcast. The 3D Insights Podcast is a production of 3D Insights, LLC.